0: You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today.
1: This morning, um, I'd like to talk about what I'm going to call the passion of the race. Um, race um, appears in four verses in Scripture, two in the Old and two in the no, New. And uh, these verses in Scripture, um, they have different aspects to them. They're, the race they have spoken to in these portions of Scripture are not, not necessarily the center point. Of the scripture, but they do have um, a descriptive nature to them. But once uh, we examine these four portions of scripture, um, it's going to be able. We'll be able to then take these um, these uh, uh, terms of race, and they kind of fit together uh, rather nicely when you put them together. So individually we'll look at each portion of scripture and then we'll kind of bring things together in the end. So if you would, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and we'll start at verse 10. Of course, Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, kind of uh, his synopsis of his life uh, kind of referenced his life as vanity till he brought everything together in the end and understood um, what life is all about and uh, serving God, keeping his commandments. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, starting at verse 10, and we'll read down through verse 12. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men, snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for this time that we have together. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters here at Fellowship Baptist Church that have gotten up this morning and uh, to listen to to what you would have for them through me. And also, I am blessed by those that are not members of this church, but members of the the children of God, Lord, that uh, have also joined this live stream this morning. Bless this time. Get me out of the way, Lord, and allow you to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. My kids love to race. We live on two acres of a narrow strip of property. And behind our home is about an acre that has a fence at the back, separating my yard from a field. And as you kind of travel down the property towards the back part near that fence, the ground kind of dips and it's not flat. So during the summer, the kids, every now and then, challenge each other to races. Um, During these races, it's kind of uh, entertaining. Some kind of trip and fall. Some even try to reach out and tackle the leader uh, before the race is over with. Some have trouble negotiating the landscape. Some cheat a little by not going all the way to the fence before returning to the finish line. Whoever wins, though, rejoices in that victory, yet they continue to challenge one another. So in Ecclesiastes here, um, Solomon kind of takes a look at um, life as a race. And um, he opens up in verse 10 in saying, Whatsoever they findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. What Solomon is trying to tell us here is the life that we have as we're born on this earth, um, there's a certain opportunity that we have. And that opportunity um, is somewhat short. And once we die, there's no other chance for any opportunity for us. Now, he's not necessarily speaking to believers or unbelievers here. He's speaking to um, all of us in general. And then in verse 11, he says, I returned and saw under the sun... That the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. And he says, I returned. The first part of um, this chapter, he kind of wanders off uh, talking about um, death and uh, how each of us, whether we're wise, unwise, um, whether we're men, women, whether we're believers or unbelievers, we all have this um, approaching uh, death. We're all going to die. So he returns back to this subject and he says that he saw or perceived under the sun and And this term under the sun means um, activity here on earth because the earth is under the sun, not in God's abode in heaven, but here under the sun on the earth. So he's talking about earthly events. And this race that he's referring to is a course. So we're all going to run this course in life that's set before us, and this is our our life, it is a race, it is a course that we all run. And what he's saying is we need to take the opportunities that we have in this race to take advantage of our life here on earth. Now later on in Ecclesiastes, he kind of brings it together as far as this needs to all Um, all the things we do, we need to give God the glory. But right here, he's just kind of looking at um, events here on earth and refers to them as a race. Now, he's saying that this race not necessarily goes to the swift. You know, we all think of, you know, athletes in a race. You know, the Olympics were supposed to happen this year. And Usually the fastest person wins the race, right? Well, that's not necessarily true, as Solomon observes, in life. Um, you know, there's people that want to get through college, and they get through college, and they want to, want to find a job, and then they want to move up in, in wherever um, they're employed, and, and they have all the, these uh, goals and things. And Solomon takes a step back and says, wait a minute, if you're going to run this race, don't be so fast. Take time. He says, nor the battle, this race that we're running, neither goes to, doesn't necessarily go to the strongest man, neither yet bread to the wise. When I, when I think of that, there was... Um, the company that I worked at uh, uh, prior to where I'm employed here, um, uh, the president of the company went to each one of the plant managers and asked uh, them, "What if I if you had if I gave you um, enough money, what would you use to make your plant better?" Because the company I worked for had a campus of plants, and they each had a plant manager. And um, this one old guy that was running one of the plants, um, he wrote back to the president of the company, "Just give me duct tape and some baling wire." And I had I had went down to talk to him because I was I was working on a project and I was actually consulting with some. Uh, guys that uh, had doctorates and I was explaining to him what I was trying to do and and uh, and I said some of these guys got PhDs you know and he goes you know what PhD stands for and I said no he said post hole digger so you know as, as Solomon's trying to tell us here that you know this race that we're running some of the Things that we think makes will make someone successful aren't necessarily true. Um, but he says, "But time and chance happen happeneth to them all." So this time and chance um, that uh, he's referring to is the opportunities and the events. The kind of we come, come, come upon as we travel through this race in our life. And then in the end he concludes in this portion of scripture. Is that for man also knoweth not his time. As the fishes that are taken in evil net. And as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. So, you know, as fish are caught in a net or birds get caught in a trap, so are we from time to time as we travel through life get entrapped in things. We face adversity. Um, we're overwhelmed with things that happen in our life. And as he opens up this scripture, you know, we, we need to be prepared. Um, we need to, to understand the time and events in which we live in and be prepared because um, life is short. We don't know when we're going to die. Some of us think that, uh, you know, we can kind of glide through life um, and then, once we've kind of had our time of playing around and messing around and doing whatever you know feeds our flesh, then uh, at some point, we can get that all straightened out and then be successful. Well, someone's saying, "Hey, look it. That's not true. Life is short. We need to take advantage of the opportunities that are presented before us as we kind of travel through this race in time. So Solomon's observation is that life is unpredictable. We need to take advantage of the time that is awarded to us because once we die the race is over. We need to understand about this race we are in to run, The one that the, and as we run this race there are many factors that go into it that we need to be aware of. And they're not necessarily the ones that we think uh, make someone successful. There's different strategies based on one's capabilities. But even so, there's sudden traps and hurdles that we need to navigate. So here Solomon in this portion of scripture in reference to the, to the race, this race is a activity that has a beginning and an end. And this race has certain hurdles and things that we need to um, overcome, but we need to continuously be active in this race, not kind of step aside and, and just enjoy life for a while because we never know when our time is up, now let's go over to Psalm 19. Now this is an inter- interesting reference to race. In this Psalm, Psalm 19 is written by David, um, where he he discusses very revelations of God um, that are shown uh, on this earth. And in the first six verses, he talks about how God is revealed to us through creation. And he mentions a race in this portion of scripture. So Psalm 19, start at verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 6. Says the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. The line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. So this is kind of a poetic opening to Psalm 19. And as I mentioned, it's a revelation of God through creation. And the heavens he's referring to are the first and second heavens. Of course, we know there are three heavens. First heaven is the atmosphere around the earth. Second heaven is kind of outer space, kind of separates uh, earth from the third heaven, which is where God abodes uh, with his angels. So here he's referring to the first and second heaven, and um, he, he kind of talks about how these heavens declare the glory of God. It is so evident that uh, how nature expresses who God is and that God is in control of all things because he talks about day unto day and the night showeth his knowledge and there is no speech where there is voice not heard. Their line has gone out. Through the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them has he set a tabernacle for the sun. That's all saying that God has created nature in a way that is predictable. Um, the sun comes up in the morning. It goes down in the evening. Uh, this is referring to the tabernacle of the darkness. and then It comes out of that tabernacle in the morning. And then goes down in the evening. It's, it's a cycle. It's a 24-hour cycle. The earth goes around the sun in a year. Um, so these things that God has established are certain. And um, then he gets into um, a comparison to a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. So he's comparing that to this um, bridegroom. Now, in Jewish um, custom, there is a ceremony that a, that a man has to go through, and it's consistent. It's the same thing for every man. This bridegroom coming out of the chamber is not in reference to one specific event, but it's talking about the cycle of marriage that a man goes through as he goes to uh, find his bride. Now in Jewish history, that that ceremony has specific events that have to be followed. The man goes to the bride's father, uh, he brings uh, some compensation, they agree to uh, the marriage, then for about a year he prepares this chamber is referenced here. Then, in the night, um, to surprise the bride, the bride has no idea when he's when he's going to come and get her. He brings his um, groomsmen, and she has her maids ready. Whenever the bridegroom is going to come, and with a shout is a notice that he is there. They then this uh, the uh, bridesmaids. And the groomsmen then take the um, bridegroom and the bride back to his father's house where he's prepared this chamber. And then um, they go in. They are then escorted to this chamber where overnight they have this physical union. And then uh, the following day, bridegroom comes out and announces that the marriage has been consummated. Then they have a seven-day celebration, and then the bride comes out. During this whole time, the bride has a a veil over her, and then after this seven days of celebration, he goes in and gets the bride, brings her out of the chamber, pulls the veil off, and then they start their life together. But he comes out of this chamber kind of like a uh, strong man, to run a race. Now, um, this race, as a strong man, it's it's not talking about um, a, a race that is final, and he's won. This is talking about, this race is a reference to a journey well-traveled, or a highway well-traveled. So as a bridegroom comes out and announces um, his uh, marriage has been consummated just like a strong man they have now begun this race that all of us or that people have traveled not only uh, before them but will travel also ahead of them. So there is this consistency that we all have that this race is a highway that we enter into but here it's in reference to God in that God, like a strong man, okay, um, has this consistency of life where the sun comes up, the sun goes down, the earth travels around the sun. We understand that God is a God <clears throat> of um, order. Just like this marriage is order, this highway is well-traveled, We understand um, that God has brought us into this life for a certain purpose, and God is consistent with each and every one of us. God's revelation to man through his creation proclaims his glory, and it is consistent, organized, and predictable as this marriage or as this race that's run on this well-traveled highway. It is evident, and there is no uncertainty as to the designer. As nature cycles through, completing each lap of the racetrack, all creation rejoices, sin- signaling the start of a new lap. And You know what? God wins every time. So that's the Old Testament and two references to race. Let's now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So as we learn from uh, Ecclesiastes uh, life is unpredictable. As we learn from Psalm 19 that uh, the race that uh, God has established is consistent. Now here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 we'll start at verse 24. It says and this is a a portion of scripture that we should all be familiar with. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So in like manner run, that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight, I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest it by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now this references to race in the Old Testament really... Um, are talking to the world in general. Believers, unbelievers, saved, unsaved. But here in these next two portions of scripture, as we kind of study and look at the race, this is now kind of funneled down to the Christian and how the Christian should run uh, this race of life. So in verse 24 says know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize question mark so so meaning in like manner run that ye may obtain now back in uh, Paul's time uh, the Greeks always had these um, Olympics and uh, running races was part of the Olympics. And as he mentions here, the winner always has a prize. Now the interesting thing about this word race in this verse, is, which, which I learned a little bit in my study, is that this race is referring to a course that is about 600 feet or in Bible times referred to as one furlong. So 600 feet is about 50 yards, it's half of a football field. Um, So as I kind of meditate and think about this, is that this race that we're running as Christians, and this this race is to... Share the gospel um, is not a very long race. It's not a marathon. It's it's a short time. You know, as the Bible tells us, life is but a vapor, and just as Solomon mentioned back in his um, assessment of the race in life, it's short, and we have to take advantage of the opportunities that are put before us, especially as Christians. It says, so in like manner, run that ye obtain. So like this Olympian that's running, that's attained this prize, we need to run as if we've already attained the prize. And that prize that he's referencing here is also mentioned in Philippians 3.14, says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. So this prize is Christ's likeness. And we're to run as if, you know, we are reflecting Christ in everything that we do. And he says that every man striveth for the mastery is intemperate in all things. Now that ye obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. You know, sometimes, you know, in these, these races, you know, the guy that wins the race, they, they probably give him a wreath and a medal, and maybe even put a crown on his head. And um, we, as we're running this race, um, once this race is over with, and it's short, and we don't have much time and once this race is over with we will obtain a incorruptible crown now this crown that he's re- referencing to is one of five crowns mentioned in the bible the incorruptible crown in other words as we if we're saved and we die and we end up in god's presence we will be given a body that will no longer have disease, no longer have pain. Pastor this week has been suffering with back pain. Uh, so once, uh, once he passes from this life to the other, no more back pain. Uh, so we're all looking forward to that. There's also a crown of rejoicing at the presence of the Lord, a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory, and a crown of life that's a specific crown these other crowns are, has to do with um, once we pass from this life into the other, but this crown is a special crown for those that endure persecution. But as we receive these crowns and finish our race, and we're in heaven, one day we're going to take these crowns and then throw them at Christ's feet, give them back to him as our appreciation for what he's done for us. And then he says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. As we run this race in life, as we share the gospel, and as the athlete sticks to a specific regime and training, we need to bring our body or our flesh under subjection of the spirit and let the spirit control us during this race, race as we share the gospel and grow closer and closer to the likeness of Christ. But he says if we don't do that, if we don't run under control he he, he mentions how we beat um, uh, beateth in the air you know when a When someone runs a race, um, he is very fluid in his motion as he runs, runs down the track. He's not kind of all over the place, you know, running side to side, but he's taking a straight uh, shot to the finish line. We can't, we have to be under control like that runner. We have to bring our flesh under subjection of the spirit. Otherwise, if we don't, the opportunities that we have to share the gospel will um, take us out, will disqualify us out of this race, render us useless. So we have to continuously be in God's word. We have to continuously fellowship with believers, which is kind of difficult during this time, but and we have this live stream. These things feed our spirit that keep us um, running with confidence uh, in this race that will keep us on that straight path, not allow us to stray from one side or the other. Otherwise um, we'll get disqualified. That's certainly not what each of us want to want to happen in our life as we uh, share the gospel. You know, Lot, when uh, the angels came to uh, uh, take him out of Sodom, uh, these angels asked him, is there any more family? And he says, yes. He says, well, go get them. So when Lot went to um, Talk to his family, tell them, hey, God's going to destroy the city. You need to come with us. They laughed at him. Why? Because of his testimony. He lived in Sodom and Gomorrah and he lived among these people and, and didn't share the gospel. And when there was a time for him uh, to possibly save some family members, It didn't happen, and they died in that uh, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we have to be the same. We have to protect our testimony, otherwise we will be rendered useless in this race to share the gospel in our life. Now, lastly, in Hebrews, race is mentioned, so if you would turn to Hebrews chapter 12, And we'll start at verse 1. And it says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And what he's referencing to is back in chapter 11 where we call that the, the hall of faith where there's a number of men and women that are kind of lifted up as living out their faith for for the Lord. It says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So Solomon kind of talked about the unpredictability of life and this race that we go through. In Psalms, we learned that God has established a race that's consistent that we understand. You know, God created time and God is outside time. God created time for us so that we can understand that there is a beginning and there is an end. And there is something in there that we need to do to show and express our appreciation for God. And then in what we just read out of uh, 1 Corinthians, um, we understand that this race uh, we run has to be, um, uh, it's not a marathon, but it is a short race. Life is but a vapor, but we need to be, about the Lord's business. We need to make sure that we um, stay on that path to share the gospel. We need to run as if we we already attained this prize of Christ's likeness. That is the confidence we have in running this race. But here in Hebrews chapter 12, um, it talks about preparation. And this race that's referred to here is an event is an event, it's a contest, the start of a contest. You know, when there's, when there's a race it's announced ahead of time and we go to watch this race, this contest, this event. And as um, <clears throat> Hebrews uh, uh, talks about here in this race, There's some preparation that we need to go through so that we can be successful in that race. And the first thing is that we have to lay aside every weight. You know, when when an athlete runs a race, you you see some of these athletes, they they wear the tightest clothing that they can. Um, And they're very sleek. You can tell that they... As they've worked out, they've taken as much body fat uh, as they can off their bodies so that as they run this race, all this um, stuff that uh, uh, can uh, cut into the wind and, and bring them back is not there and they can run much faster. So this weight is these worldly distractions that... Uh, we get involved with that kind of distract us from the race that we are to run. Um, It can be any number of things. It it could be our job. It could be um, things that we acquire that we have to take care of. I think um, Aaron alluded to that in his message on Wednesday night if you listen to his message. Um, these things that kind of weigh us down that don't allow us to run this race effectively. Secondly, um, we need to um, get rid of these besetting sins. These besetting sins are somewhat um, individualized. Each and every one of us understand and know we have these besetting sins, these things that um, kind of make us, not necessarily distract us, but they are sins that, um, uh, that each of us in our lives have. And each one of us knows what they are. And what we need to do is get rid of these sins in our lives so that we can run this this race effectively. And besetting kind of means it stops us in our tracks. You can get ready, get set, go to run this contest, but if you have these besetting sins, it doesn't allow us to move forward. In a race, we have to get get these things um, cleaned out of our soul, and then we're to run with patience. Even though this race is short, you know we have to endure. Uh, as Solomon mentioned, there's certain obstacles that um, in life we have to overcome, and we have to be patient as we travel down through this race of life. And as um, these people that came before us in the Hall of Fame that's mentioned in chapter 11, he concludes this portion of scripture saying that Christ is our example. Um, He overcame um, these worldly distractions, these besetting sins, Uh, He was tempted in the desert by Satan. Satan knows uh, our weak points in each and every one of us. He knew Job's weak points. Um, And these are these besetting sins that make us ineffective, to stop us in the tracks. But Christ overcame all those. He is our example. And, uh, you know, Satan tried to stop Christ from going to the cross. But he was successful in going to the cross, dying for our sins so that we can be reconciled before a holy God. And one of the things that uh, Christ was able to do that is his prayer life. He started every morning with solid prayer with his father that helped him to endure um, the pain and agony of the three years of his life that he walked here on earth showing us how to live that ended in his death on the cross but his, also his resurrection from the grave gaining victory. So um, in this portion of scripture we learn that there's men and women of faith that we can learn from and through their experiences we can prepare our own selves for the race that we have to run. That race of being a witness for Christ who has provided the ultimate example. The race may be short, but it's treacherous. Satan will try to slow us down or make us ineffective. So we have four portions of scripture, two in the Old Testament, two in the New Testament that have these references to races and different aspects of a race. So finally, I just want to conclude is that our earthly life is is a race. Solomon described it, and this applies to the believer as well as the unbeliever, it is unpredictable. However, we need to take advantage of what time we have because we have no idea when tragedy will occur or when our life here on earth will end. Yet even though Life, life's race has its ebbs and flows. God is consistent and has set things in order. He has created time for us. To the believer, he is an anchor. He never changes. To the unbeliever, life is a confusing mess. As a believer, we understand that life is short We have little time to bear witness to God's saving power through Jesus Christ which is a precious prize only to be completely realized when our race is finished. So we are to run this race with confidence because we have an example in Jesus Christ who is tempted as we are and overcame all obstacles finishing the race successfully.